can bring one toy. Just one? One toy? <laughs> Will Andy pick me? Don't count on it! Oh! Long before Sylvia Brown was scamming people out of their hard-earned money. Oh, and she was so hard. Big time. Big time. What a twat. It's true. There was a toy that let you do the scamming yourself. This week, we will be discussing the (laughs) spherical soothsayer, the liquid-filled fortune teller. Mm -hmm. This is the story of the magic eight ball. This is Toys For Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh, boy. Hello and welcome back to Toys R Us, the podcast where we break down your favorite nostalgic goodie and give you an insight on how they impacted the world. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hello. This week, we'll be going over a toy with a story of success that even it couldn't have foreseen. It's true. The Magic 8-Ball. Timeless. Very much so. You ready to find out how it was made? You bet your ass I am. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Let's go. We start our story in 1944. Where we arrive in Cincinnati. Ooh, back to Cincy. And meet up with a woman, a mother, Ooh. a clairvoyant, ah. named... Madame Mary Carter. Well, hello, madam. Hello, nurse. Nice. Thank you. A method in which Mary foresaw her client's futures was a container that contained a small chalk slate, which she had given the name the Psycho Slate. Mary had a gift. That's a baller name, though. One that not many people even knew how it worked. While with the client, Mary would close the lid of the container and ask a question to the other world. Ooh. Ooh. To her client's amazement, the room would fill with the sounds of chalk scribbling across a board. Ooh. When the scratchings died down, Mary would then open the container to reveal the answer as dictated by the spirits to her clients. She actually even had some celebrity clients, um, including Sherlock Holmes's daddy, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, that's cool. That's a fucking... That's... Caliber. That's, that's huge. You're like, oh, fuck. Alright, like, shit. Sherlock and shit. Sherlock and shit. One major fan of this method was her son, Al. Who, while in love with a very different kind of spirits... <laughs> was handy with creating things. Al, which is what we will call him, as there are conflicting reports as to whether or not his name is Alfred or Albert. But still, Al nonetheless. Alcoholic. Zing. Got him. Got him. Um, either way, Al was not only a fan of how it worked, but the uh, a fan of the amount of money he knew it could be yeah. making if it was produced commercially. Yeah. So he set out to create his own Psycho Slate. Um, however, more marketable one. Sure. He called it the Psycho Seer. Ooh. 
What's the next generation of Psycho <laughs> Slates? Now, this original Psycho Slate was spelt like Psycho. Like, wee, wee. But the Psycho Seer was spelt S-Y-C-O. Oh, okay. Oh, you did it. Hmm. Uh, a cylinder filled with molasses that had two windows, one at the top and one at the bottom, separated by a thin panel, and there was a die in each section filled with answers. Absolutely pleased by the tweets he made to this uh, design, he sought out a distribution source. Enter Max Levinson, a local store owner. Hi, Max. To say that Max was floored by Al's new toy would be an understatement. Because not only did Max agree to sell the Psycho Seer in stores, he went out of his way to find a way to mass produce it for other stores. Oh, damn. Al filed the patent while Max reached out to his brother-in-law, Abe Bookman. Which sounds like a fake. It does. It sounds like, what's your name? Abe um, uh, Bookman. Book. It's just looks around Man. the room. Abe. Because he, yeah. he sees like a framed $5 bill. He's like, Abe. Books. He sees the books, uh, book, man. and then he sees most of the guy in front of him. Man. A book man. <laughs> like, oh. That's how Bear Grylls got his name? Yeah. What's your name, son? Bear. Bear. Uh, Grylls. Grylls. Bear, Bear Grylls. Yep. Like, really? That's not a made-up name at all. Bear, Bear Grylls. So, uh... Okay, okay, fine, fuck it, whatever, bear. I'm, uh, I'm red velvet poster skeleton window. <laughs> like, what? Oh yes, um, uh, you heard me, red velvet skeleton, skeleton window. window. The third. The <laughs> junior. I'm named after my father, okay? Don't, it's inappropriate and rude to ask who I'm named yeah. after, okay? God. So rude. Um... Abe Bookman was a graduate of the Ohio Mechanics Institute, and he was eager to hop on board. And after Max introduced the pair, they went out to form Allaby Crafts Incorporated, a combination of Al and Abe's names. Al remained a silent partner while working behind the scenes before he passed away in 1948. It's unknown how he passed away, as he lived a, quote, gypsy lifestyle, living in flop houses, and according to Abe, when he was sober, he was a genius. I bought every idea he had, and that gave him enough to keep him going. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. That's a... Uh, hmm. That's a... Uh, Rough. That's, yeah. After Al passed away, Abe kept working to improve upon his ideas. The saving grace being that Al named himself and Abe as the patent owners. Oh, smart. The first set of improvements? Shrinking it in size. Removing the bottom window and renaming it the Slyco Slate. The hmm. pocket fortune teller. It was a black cylindrical tube with gold lettering and the image of a gypsy woman wrapped around it. Ooh. To help promote it, Abe hired women to dress as gypsies and demonstrate what the cycle slate did. Which is like... That's pretty uh, neat. It is, but it's but also it's, like... it's horribly offensive. Very, very offensive. You're but... Like, Ooh, buddy... And I like everybody's argument is like, well, it was a different time back then. It was still uh, racist. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care what time period it was. It yeah. was still a big racist thing. Definitely. Um, however, the women would grow quickly bored of the concept of demonstrating such a, t- a simple toy, which was a move that would change the fate of the toy forever. Right. In order to make the Psycho Slate 
self-demonstrating. Abe encased it in a crystal ball. That idea didn't catch any fire, by any means. That is until 1950. You see, despite its lack of popularity, it managed to attract the attention of a Midwestern king of entertainment, Brunswick Billiards. Ooh. Which still is running today. Yeah, they're still going. The fucking Brunswick zone. Yeah. Yeah. They commissioned Abe to create an eight-ball version of the Crystal Ball Psycho Slate. And after that promotion was over, the rest became history. Oddly enough, it was it was commissioned to be more of a paperweight than an actual toy. Really? But Abe saw it as more of a toy, and it caught on fire from that moment on. Inside the Magic 8-Ball was the molasses-like liquid that was immune to bubbling or freezing. Mmm, molasses. However, most toys require that there be instant gratification, and waiting for the dye to rise to the top was anything but instantaneous. Yeah. So, Allaby Crafts transitioned to an antifreeze-like liquid that would prevent uh, freezing, but would also give faster answers. Yeah, because when you shake that thing, you really yeah, you, you want, you want it now. Yeah. It's like a queen. Like... <laughs> nice. Because um, you wanted your answers. Anytime we can make a queen reference is a good day. A great day. Uh, and the answers that you can get, there's 21 possible answers. Ooh. It is certain. It is decidedly so. Without a doubt. Yes, definitely. Oh. You may rely on it. As I see it, yes. Most likely... Outlook good. Yes. Signs point to yes. Reply hazy. Try again. Ask again later. Better not tell you now. Ugh, tease. Cannot predict now. Concentrate and ask again. Don't count on it. My reply is no. Nobody wants those. My sources say no, which is like, what? <laughs> who are it's your like, sources? who are your sources? Hey, don't fucking worry about it. My sources say no. <laughs> don't worry about it. Alright? Don't fucking pry. They say no. <laughs> My fucking sources say no. Best is, just make your peace with it and go about your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, outlook not so good, or very doubtful. Mm. The answers are placed on a 20-sided die, with raised lettering, so when pressed against the window, the answer would be revealed clearly. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That is, unless you shake the hell out of it, which leads to air bubbles that can make it extremely difficult to read. Oh. However, there are various methods of burping a magic eight ball. Really? Which involves tapping it in the right pattern, almost as if you're like trying to get in the Diagon Alley. <laughs> right. That's um, exactly what I thought of, too. Someone did the math, and it would take around 72 shakes to get uh, to each answer once. Oh, damn. Yeah. And there isn't much to say for the next two decades, so we jump forward to 1971, where we see our boys at Allaby Crafts being bought out by Ideal Toys. Oh. Uh, they really perfected the Magic 8-Ball. Shortly after purchasing it, they introduced it, or they introduced and patented a bubble-free dye agitator, a method that split the Magic 8-Ball into two sections, basically creating an inner wall to prevent the air from bubbling. That's cool. Yeah. Technology. From that point on, we follow the Magic 8-Ball as it rolls its way through various owners. 1982, Ideal Toys is acquired by CBS for their newly and lazily named CBS Toys. In 1985, CBS scraps their toy division idea, which is like the opposite of Joy Division. (laughs) (laughs) 
boys will tear us apart again. You're like, oh. It's like, well, great. That's fuck. Yeah. All right. In 1985, CBS scraps her toy division idea and sells the right to Viewmasters. Oh. Or Viewmaster. In 1989, Viewmaster is purchased by Consolidated Foods, which is now Sarah Lee. In 1997, Tyco buys the rights from Consolidated Foods, and in 1997, Mattel buys Tyco. That seems like like a Rube Goldberg machine of <laughs> of buying different companies. You're like, oh, okay, oh, that, it's like that to 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 that. Yeah, and to here we are today. Since 1997, Mattel has owned the Magic Eight Ball design, like. Which is funny to me, because, like, not to be outdone by Hasbro owning the Ouija board. Uh-huh. Mattel was like, no, no, no. Like, fine. We got a spooky thing, too, yeah. okay? We got the Magic 8-Ball, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Magic 8-Ball, bitch. Um, in addition to the normal run-of-the-mill Magic 8-Ball, there have been the following. The Magic Date Ball. <laughs> the Magic Love Ball. A Talking Simpsons version. A Talking Family Guy version. High School Musical. SpongeBob SquarePants, Hello Kitty, Superman, Minecraft, Super Mario, Batman, Frozen, a Halloween-themed purple 8-ball, Iron Man, Care Bears, Valentine's Day, Toy Story, Ultron, which is just fucking Ultron's head. I hope it's voiced by Spader. Oh, dude. Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. Fucking Robert California. Yeah. Uh, A series of unfortunate events... And the Muppets. Hmm. There are even more, and there is even an app for the Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> um, it has proven itself time and time again to be a force that won't be going away by any means. It is so ingrained in pop culture, having made appearances in The Dick Van Dyke Show, Seinfeld, Murphy Brown, and The Daily Show. Oh, shit. It's just like, oh, wow. It's fucking everywhere. You know who else is everywhere? Ooh. Do tell. It is facty. The fact in the box. Around one million magic eight balls are sold each year. That's a lot of fucking eight balls. In 1940, a Three Stooges short, You Nazi Spy, and Moe and Curly getting their fortune read by a gypsy at a table who was using a giant eight ball. Huh. What are the odds? Right? Um, it was named the 18th best toy in Time's Top 100 Toys of All Time. Okay. That's way the fuck That's up way there. the fuck up there, yeah. Uh, a, pil- a-, a picture for the Philadelphia Phillies used a magic eight ball in various conferences when grilled about his team's prospects after losing so much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a very, like... Tony Stark thing to do. That is, yes. You know? Super, like, snarky. It's like, oh, let's see what the 8-Ball says. Right. Um, this is one of the very few toys I've come across that did not need a trip to the New York Toy Fair to make a name for itself. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we've reached the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. If you like what you heard and you learned, you can help us in a few ways. You can... Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Which would be awesome. It would be uh, fucking amazing. It really would be. All signs point to, please review. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> Science pointer, please. Please. Please do it. Please. Um, you can follow us on all social media. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. We're, we're very active. Super active. We're always up for ideas and oh, yeah. whatever you want. Uh, or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. We have three tiers, the lowest being $3. Until next time, remember not to base life choices on a round, liquid-filled toy. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. The spirits are sending me a message. No. <laughs> they are coming closer and closer. I can feel their magic touch. Me too. Why, you double-crosser, you! Oh, look! A note fell out of the ball!